Welcome to The Next Spring, a podcast about renewal and reinvention. I'm your host, Kathleen Goodman, a longtime student of change and an avid learner who loves to spot the links in disparate ideas. I'm in the throes of my own reinvention, so come walk along with me as I find my way through the unknown. Welcome to episode five, play. Transitions don't happen with our usual tools of the trade. We can't really think our way into what new beginning is emerging. We have to play around with it, come at it with no expectation of solutions. But as adults, we're really not used to work in that way. In this week's episode, we'll explore ideas about play and how pro-level playing and frivolous playing can help us find our way into the next spring. Now, play is a word that gets a bad rap. It's observed with an air of superiority by the busy adult within us as frivolous, unproductive, unuseful. And yet so many things get learned and discovered through play. It's one of the ways that we make room for the unexpected to find us, to catch our attention. It's one of the ways we give our minds and our hearts a chance to breathe, to synthesize, to process, or what's that fancy word? Like metabolize our lives. Play doesn't always look like you think it should. It can be scattershot and wild or quiet and focused. It's been a long time since I played regularly. I think without it, my capacities dried up. I'm lucky enough to live with an eight-year-old girl who is expert level at this. We have this studio workroom that always gets cluttered with her creative energy. Her works in progress and discarded tools leave a wake of chaos and cover every surface with maker masterpieces and nonsense. I head in there regularly to tidy and stow the things she's made and often grumble about the chore. But I wonder while I work what it's like to be her, to have her wild mind almost exist outside her body, to follow her impulses, trusting everyone without question. She decided a few weeks back that we would have a habitat contest. We got out some air-dry terracotta clay, found twigs and leaves and other nature things to use in our creations, And then we set to work. The terracotta clay was sticky, firm, but with a sandy and ooey-gooey texture. It got my hands really dirty, leaving an orange tint on every fingertip and a scudge of orange deeply embedded under each nail. I mixed and mingled the clay to get it to work, and I decided a fox might live in a cave. So I created a very spherical and lovely dome with room for a little fox inside. I was calmly enjoying my symmetrical creation, but I had decided where to go before I started, and I was pleased with how my idea was coming out. Meanwhile, next to me, a whole different thing was going on. My daughter plunked down a hunk of clay on her board. It was misbehaving, she thought, so she flattened and kneaded it, and as she did, she noticed how nice the film of clay was that got left behind, so she did that some more. Then she poked the clay, seeing what kinds of holes and peaks would form if she pushed it in certain directions. She poked and prodded some more, and a beautiful arc started forming, like a cresting wave. It had movement and grace. 
She kept working at it, and over time, her habitat turned into this glorious sculptural cave of wonders that had energy and dynamism and was actually really inviting looking. I'd want to live there if I was a little fox. Like her diorama, there's movement, openness, and possibility with play. Emerging into this post-pandemic season, I've made some major changes. But I didn't wake up one day thinking, okay, now I need to make a major change. I started playing with totally unrelated things. I took a mosaic class. I built a bench in the woods. I got pastels and drew badly. I studied how to play the ukulele. I bought beautiful papers and decoupaged them onto blank notebooks. In fact, I wrote notes for this episode in, the, in one of them. These little things got my mind busy with something so my thoughts and my soul could go for a wander. Play has to have no purpose except to play. To create with permission to have it amount to nothing. And even to be total crap. I was saying before I decided to build a bench in the woods. I did some research. I looked up plans and do's and don'ts. I found a guy about an hour from my house who mills his own cedar slabs, and I went to visit him. I had such fun. I felt a childlike giddiness driving away with a beautiful slab of cedar for my bench seat. I got some help from a kind man at the hardware store to help figure out how to countersink the screws. I took my dog and headed into the woods, <clears throat> rolling ra- cut rounds down a hill in a makeshift wheelbarrow, putting them each in place and screwing it all together. This city girl, who hardly ever works with her hands, felt very proud. But it was fun, and a small way of taking action on a tiny vision that created momentum for more. My daughter and I did a mosaic class that was similarly rewarding. It was such a fun thing to do, opening a world of possibilities as you cull through various bits and bobs of discarded and broken pieces of uh, ceramic and glass. It's like my process right now for figuring out what is next. There are dozens of shapes, hundreds of colors. I don't know which combinations would be the right ones, but I felt sort of soothed by picking through the bins and looking at the possibilities. The composing part took the longest. The pieces could go in so many different places and represent different things. But as I went and sifted through them one by one, gradually a beautiful pattern started to click. I couldn't really plan it. Working with random found pieces and recycled bits doesn't lend itself to a premeditated design. But if you let them all jostle around together, moving each to make room for the others, they really start to click. I slept on it, and on the second day of the class, I came back to see that the individual parts had become a beautiful whole. It had movement, balanced color, and a visual draw from one corner to the other. Sealing it all in with grout turned the many small pieces into a cohesive whole, where each piece shines out in its own right. I sincerely hope this change will go like that. I'm still in the stage of collecting pieces, arranging and rearranging them on the board of my life. I probably need to remove some of them and add others, to be honest. On good days, I can see how it could come together in a few different ways. On bad days, I'm curled in a ball, afraid that I've put my family into the breach, made a huge mistake, and lost in the whimsy of my play, I will never find my way. But this mosaic is taking shape. I had to clear the old board first, fully dismantle and disengage from what I built in the last go-around, 
in order to be able to see what pieces belong on my new board. If I can keep a playful spirit about it, when the grout of my life goes on eventually, it will be a beautiful thing to behold. So let's talk a little bit more about play. It gets such a bad rap. It's observed with an air of superiority by the busy adults among us as frivolous, unproductive, and unuseful. And yet so many things get learned and discovered through play. It's one of the ways we make room for the unexpected to find us, to catch our attention. It's one of the ways we give our minds and our hearts a chance to breathe, to synthesize, or to process or digest, maybe. Play doesn't always look like you think it should. It can be scattershot and wild or quiet and focused. Play often gets edged out by my serious work. However, when I play, it lights me up. It creates this kind of effervescent energy. It's a funny thing, though. As soon as you try to turn it into something serious, it starts to feel like work. Nothing kills play like a goal or ambition. Play is inherently unambitious. It seeks to mess around with something until it can take on a life of its own. It reminds me of an episode on Hidden Brain where Alison Gopnik was talking about kindergardening. And she talked about the way that kids play, like discovering all the different ways a complicated toy works. And four-year-olds can learn to make it work just by playing with it, trying, messing around, with no ambition in mind except curiosity. Similarly, there's a famous uh, test or challenge, I guess, with um, spaghetti masking tape, a piece of string, and the goal is to build a tower and balance a marshmallow at the top. You measure the height from the table to the tip of the marshmallow, and that determines your score. Goal is to get as high as you can. In repeating this challenge over and over again, in engineering schools, with lawyers, in business schools, with CEOs, and with kids, you probably wouldn't be surprised that kindergartners outperform CEOs and business school students and lawyers by leaps and bounds. Why? Because they don't try to figure out a plan from the start. They begin by playing around with the pieces until something starts to emerge. Play can be serious business, too. Hermina Ibarra has a book called Working Identity, where she describes major work transitions that professionals have made. And play actually has a central role in it. She talks about how they had to try it out, their new field, get an internship, volunteer, do something that is like the dream and play around with it. They learned to spot what they loved and even got a chance to feel the joys of unpressured time and space to explore. And in the form of play, it helped these people figure out how to make their leap into what they were going to do next. Play can also be a serious form of rest. Your brain takes deep play on differently than concentrated effort. There are so many stories of famous physicists who are musicians, photography nut epidemiologists. My spouse plays at flying airplanes, and it's a refreshing break from his software-centric work. These brain breaks give our hearts and minds something solid to focus on, and light up a whole different part of us. But beyond the rest of a good session at play, it can also give rise to the metaphors and corollaries that we wouldn't have seen without the play. Winston Churchill famously painted. Victor Frankl was into rock climbing. Albert Mickelson, a physicist, was 
played music and painted. There used to be a joke, get four physicists in a room and you have a string quartet. There's a way that play gives the metaphorical gateway to seeing something you're stuck on with whole new eyes. The same is true with transition. Looking for signs of a new beginning emerging, play can create openings where new views can sneak in. Show us a glimpse of what might be needed or possible in this season of life. Get out of the way, get your busy mind chewing on something playful, frivolous, and fun, and you just might find that something truly profound shows up. So here's the invitation this week. Go play. Right now, in your bones, there's something you've been wanting to do. Some dream or even a like, wouldn't it be crazy if thing that you've felt a tug toward. Make a list of all of them. And then follow Julia Cameron's advice and give yourself a a date every week. Two hours where you'll, you'll do one of the things on your list. Seriously, just try it. You might be surprised about what happens. I've told you a little bit about some of the ways that I've been playing, but most of them are hard to share in podcast form. But here's one. It's a poem I wrote. A path through the tall grass. It is uneven, lumpy. My foot bends over a mound. My soul folds up, then down. When I look ahead, I wobble. When I try to see where the path goes, I teeter. When I look down, just to where the next few steps will fall, I am steady. I savor the crunch of the grass. I feel the tickle of the breeze. I see tiny grasshoppers politely making way for me to pass. I spot hundreds of tiny orange butterflies perched on fox and cubs drinking hugrily. Life all around me hums, and I am with it. How my teetering about life right now might be steadier comes to me in a flash. I can stop trying to scan for the distant path that I cannot see. I must take one step, and then another, and then another, and let that be enough for me. Thanks for tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to follow along as we continue our adventure exploring the next spring. And if you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. We'll see you next week.